This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The thing about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. We probably don't even need the words, the Name Your Price tool, to tell you that our humpback whale pup gives you options based on your budget. Or that our novelty hand buzzer helps you save on car insurance. And that's the thing about the tiny felt bag filled with marbles. At this point, you've heard a lot of ads about the elusive northern bobcat. The Name Your Price tool. <clears throat> the neighbor who baked you banana bread. Only from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Mariska's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com and seatgiant.com. Use promo code MADHOUSE at checkout to save. Let's drop the puck. Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show with 670 The Score's Jay Zawoski and NBC Chicago's James Navo. Welcome into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show. My name's Jay Zawoski from 670 The Score. My partner James Navo has the night off tonight. He handled last night's duties uh, by himself, so thank you, James, for doing that. Today, the Blackhawks beat the Edmonton Oilers 4-1. to in a pretty solid all-around game, I think you have to be happy with the performance of the Blackhawks today. Uh, the top line continues to produce. I really like the chemistry I've seen with Vinny Henestroza, Jonathan Taves, and Brandon Saad. Henestroza seemed to inject a little bit of life into that line, some much-needed life, actually. Uh, and you're starting to see Taves and Saad get back on the score sheet again, which is what the Hawks are going to have to get if they're going to have any chance of making the playoffs and having any playoff success they can't do it without Sod and Taves. So uh, as of late, those guys have been better. That's been a good sign. Uh, Connor Murphy, a healthy scratch today after making some mistakes in the Vegas game. I think that might be a little bit of an overreaction by Coach Q, but it worked. The Hawks got the win today, so I would expect to see the same lineup next game. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Jordan Osterley. We talked about him earlier this season when he was not playing for, what, 15 games in a row, wondering why the Hawks just wouldn't waive him to give Vinny Henestroza here. Uh, I knew, and James knew, that the Hawks liked him, but the question was, okay, if they like him so much, why isn't he playing? And if they're not going to play him, why not waive him? Well, now that he has been playing, I think we're seeing why the Hawks liked him so much. Offensive defenseman, definitely. His D has gotten better, I think, every game. Still not great, but it's gotten better. I think he's also become better at picking his spots offensively uh, he is, you know, instead of in his first few games, we would see him take some unnecessary risks at bad times, and, and sometimes it would cost him. But today he scored the Blackhawks' fourth goal, his third goal of the season. So I like what I've seen from Jordan Osley. Let's go back to that top line, though, for a little bit. I don't know what it is about Vinny Henestrosa's game that has gotten Jonathan Taves and Brandon Saad back performing to the level we're used to seeing them perform at, but it really has. Uh, he's got speed. 
He has Ben Estroza here. I'm speaking of. He's got the speed. He has the determination to battle for pucks to get in front of the net. And now his offense is starting to come around a little bit too. I, I spoke last year with Ryan Hartman, who is really good friends uh, with Hennis Rosa. They played together in Rockford. Uh, not as good as him and Nick Schmaltz, who grew up together. But him and him and Hennis Rosa uh, had played together for a long time. They know each other well. And Hartman told me that Vinny Hennis Rosa has always sort of been a late bloomer offensively. It would take him a season or two to really start to find the offense, but eventually it would come. Eventually he would become a top-end scorer. I don't know if that's going to happen for him in the NHL. I don't think you can ever count on him for, you know, a 20, 30, 40-goal season by any means. But if you're looking at like a 30, 40-point guy who's scoring double-digit goals every year and making his line mates better, which is what he's done so far, I think that's great. I'm very happy that Vinny Henestrosa stepped in and added that element of offense and speed to that line, and they've really looked good. A month ago, we were talking about Jonathan Tay's worst game as a Blackhawk. Now here a month later, he's on a goal-scoring streak, a point streak, and uh, it's all sort of coinciding with Vinny Henestrosa's promotion. So I really like that line. I want to see it stick. Now the question is when Artem Anisimov comes back, what happens to that second line with Nick Schmaltz at center, which I also like. I think he's a little more aggressive when he plays center. He shoots more, it seems like. It seems like he takes more chances offensively as opposed to constantly defaulting to the pass like he's done most of the year. I want him to stay at center. I know Anisimov's had a pretty good season. He also he had that really hot stretch for a while where he was putting up tons of points. He slowed down, obviously, then got injured. But when Anisimov comes back, I'm going to be interested to see what Quinville chooses to do with Nick Schmaltz. I think he's a center. I want to see him play center, uh, and I hope he sticks. And you can put Anisimov on the third line or Schmaltz on the third line. However you want to do it, I want Schmaltz to develop as that center. This team is thin at center. You need a guy. You need better players at center if this team's going to compete. So leave Nick Schmaltz there. Let him develop. Let it work. Uh, I, I like what I see from him there. Ryan Hartman's another guy who, since being added to the line with Patrick Kane, and Nick Schmaltz has played his best stretch of hockey. Pat Foley mentioned it today during the game as well, saying, look, this has probably been his best stretch of the season, and I agree with that. Obviously, playing with highly skilled players like Patrick Kane and Nick Schmaltz is going to make everybody look better, but I also think you've seen him winning some board battles in the corner, making some really solid defensive plays. There was a play today where the Oilers are going to have a good scoring chance. They actually sort of highlighted this during the game where he was able to stick check the shooter, and prevent a scoring chance. A lot of stuff like that has been happening from Ryan Hartman lately. And to me, the only thing about him is his consistency. Again, he's never going to be a top scorer, just like I said with Henestroza. But you see him become more effective when he plays more physically. And when I say physically, I don't mean, you know, finishing every check and knocking guys off their skates and all those things. That's all great. If he can do that, add that element to his game as well, that's fine. But when I say physical, I mean going into corners, like I mentioned, winning board battles, like I mentioned, and basically doing the dirty work while Schmaltz and Kane work the puck. He's been doing that. He's been doing it very well. Uh, so I like what I see from uh, Hartman now on that second line. I think he, what, what you're seeing from him now is what the Blackhawks want and expect from him in his career, in his time with the Blackhawks. So hopefully, whether he sticks on that line or not, when Anisimov returns, um, I want to see him keep playing that style of hockey. That's when Ryan Hartman's at his best. Want to mention Connor Murphy again. I mentioned it in the open of this a little bit. 
Not a big fan of him getting sat down after one bad game. Yes, it was a brutal game. That game against the Vegas Knights was really bad for Seabrook and Murphy. There's no doubt about it. But leading into that game, they had been among the team leaders in Corsi and Fenwick and uh, shot suppression. I think that that pairing of Seabrook and Murphy against all odds because it's your two slowest defensemen, but they've actually done a pretty good job lately. Vegas is a really good team, top of the Western Conference. And yeah, that pairing struggled in that game. But to punish a kid for a young player, no less, for making some mistakes, taking some chances he shouldn't have taken, I don't know if benching him is really the answer for that. Um, unless there's more to the story that we don't know, I doubt it. It just seems like a classic Quinville benching of a young player who made a mistake. Uh, and like I mentioned, Quinville is very hesitant to make changes to the lineup when the team wins. So now that he's made a mistake in the Vegas game, is Connor Murphy going to miss however many games in a row the Hawks win before he's able to get back in the lineup? I hope that's not the case. Connor Murphy needs to play. Connor Murphy needs to develop. Connor Murphy needs to become the sort of player that the Hawks thought they were getting when they traded for him because he's sort of essential to the future. You blow, you make that trade with the Coyotes when you give them Nicholas Jalmerson, you expect Connor Murphy to come back and contribute in a big way. And uh, it's been slow coming. You've seen glimpses of what the Hawks saw when they traded for him, but it hasn't been frequently enough. The only way it's going to become that frequent is if is if Connor Murphy's playing. Sitting in the bench, sitting in the press box, even if it's a lesson or a punishment, isn't going to teach him anything. He's got to make his mistakes on the ice, learn from his mistakes on the ice. I'm not sure punishing him for making mistakes of aggression is really the right way to go. In goal, Anton Forsberg is back, and to me, thank God, not that he's been any great shakes this year either, but the Jeff Glass story was one that just didn't get to me in any way. Everyone was really excited about a bad goalie playing less bad in one game and getting a win. I was never a huge fan of the story itself because I don't think Jeff Glass is very good. I just don't. I, you know, call it a good story if you want. Fine. A 32-year-old finally gets a shot in the NHL, but it took two two injuries to other goalies for him to get a chance. And I don't know, Quenville fell in love with him too, apparently, because he couldn't get him out of the lineup. Uh, I'm glad Forsberg got the start today. I think Forsberg is an NHL goalie. Jeff Glass is not, and uh, I think Forsberg played pretty well today, all things considered. Speaking of goaltenders, something I want you guys to keep an eye on. Um, have you noticed how no one's really talking about Corey Crawford? Have you noticed how vague Joel Quenville's been when he's been asked about it? Something doesn't seem right to me about this injury. We still don't know what the injury is, which is sort of typical. They'll just say upper, lower, whatever. But by now, you've sort of it's sort of leaked out. It would have leaked out by now, or you know, you sort of use the process of elimination to find out what it is. This is they've been eerily quiet about Corey Crawford. That's something I think we need to keep our eyes on. Stay woke, as the kids say, on Corey Crawford. I feel like there could be something fishy going on there. I'm not reporting anything or anything like that, but I just the way they're treating this Corey Crawford injury just feels different to me. So that's one thing to keep an eye on over the next week or two. Let's see how. They begin talking about Crawford, how they start talking about his return, and uh, tell me if it seems fishy to you, because it seems a little fishy to me, and part of me is feeling like Corey Crawford might not be back for a long time. We'll get into that and more on our next full-length podcast, but until then, thank you for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show. Again, the Blackhawks beat the Edmonton Oilers 4-1 to at the United Center. 
Thank you to Marishka's, Triple Threat Sports, Chuck's Cafe, and SeatGiant.com for their sponsorship. We'll talk to you next time on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor. Hi, I'm Tia. The upstairs-downstairs neighbor dynamic is so special. We have our own language. Like when I scream at my mom on the phone, the people downstairs bang on the ceiling to show their support. The nighttime's the best time to rearrange furniture. I call it midnight feng shui. And if I sleep through my alarm in the morning, they bang on my door to wake me. So thoughtful. Progressive can't save you from your upstairs neighbor, but we can save you money when you bundle renters and auto insurance with us. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm, mmm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel, too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. I participate in McDonald's. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com/safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.